This podcast is given to you by Arloka David Smith, teacher and founder of the Dharma Mind Buddhist Group. For more information, please go to dharmamind.net. We had a question and answer session, yes. In fact, I'd like to carry on with that today. If you have any more uh, questions on practice, <clears throat> and it is about practice. And can I just say that if you... I mean, I've tried to pull the whole of, the whole of these teachings together in these last few days. If you, and I'm sure most of you have got copies of Blue Sky, White Cloud. Everything from beginning to end is contained within that book. So if you've got that as a reference book, then everything you need to to refer to and ponder, refresh yourself, should be in that book. So, um, you know, I always like to say the Dharma is a small thing but you can talk about it endlessly, which is a bit of an irony, really. Um, <clears throat> and um, But when you talk about the practice, well, which is pointing directly at the Dharma, nothing else, with the Dharma beyond, beyond Buddhism and beyond all the other things that can attract us, it's your relationship, developing your relationship with your inner being. It's actually developing your relationship with your with your inner nature, really. Because that's what we focus on, that's what we point to, that's what we embrace. And never forget that and get lost in just some dualistic um, path, cultivation, development, which you have to do. It, it's, it's paradoxical. This whole thing is paradoxical. Our true nature is beyond, uh, beyond duality. And yet most of our training will actually be within duality because that's where we are. We're stuck in it, in our dualistic mind. And we're, we're, we're living with it all the time. We can't squash it, we can't... We have to use it and use it as a skillful means. But don't get locked into it and thinking that your answers are going to be found in that place. Um, it is. It is. It is. A, it is a paradox. It is, and, and, it, and it deceives many people. Even people who do this training um, don't seem to realise that in order to awaken to your true nature, you still have to work with 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 duality. But learn to work with it skillfully. They seem to think that you can just sweep it away because it's not real and it's and it's not the real thing. Somehow you can find your true nature by just, I don't know, pushing it to one side, ignoring it. It's nonsense. It's not going to work. You have to use what you've got, this raft. See, there's a raft that will take you to the other shore that you then let go of. It is a, it is a, it is a paradox, but you have to get comfortable with that. But at the same time, don't get lost in it. And take, and take this path which is so characterised with, with, with duality 
and that sense of, of development. Just see it. Don't don't attach yourself to it and take it to be the, the real thing. Take it to be the skillful means that is taking to you to that part of you that's beyond all of that. And that's what you aspire to as soon as you come to this training, as soon as you can. Always be letting go, always be opening up to that part of you that's the unconditioned. So the two run side by side, and that's what's so challenging with this, is that we get attached to the words and to the system, to the path. We get attached to that and think that this is it, is not it at all. It is absolutely not it. It is a skillful means, it is a raft, as the Buddha called it. And you must always remind yourself of that. So, you know, you can always refer yourself to to the uh, the analogy of, of, of tasting, tasting an ice cream. Sure, we have a name. We call it tasting. You can look at the ice cream and you can develop so many thoughts and ideas and concepts around that object. And that's what we do. Then we know it's an ice cream. And you want to taste an ice cream. So you pick it up. But you're not going to know. The only way you're going to know what an ice cream tastes like is to lick it. And in that moment, in that moment, and only in that moment, do you transcend all duality, all designations, all ideas, labels, likes and dislikes. For that instant, you are tasting, you are you are at one with the real thing, beyond duality. And the moment you lick it, your dualistic world will, will come back to you. And you have likes and dislikes, cold, hot, sweet, etc., etc., etc. That's not the taste. That's just the memory, that's just the, the world that we build around that thing that's, that is a direct experience that has no words at all, that is beyond, is beyond everything. So in that taste, even a child that can't even think and, and, and read and write and know words and concepts, even a child can have exactly the same direct experience as you as an adult with your world. In that, in that, in that moment of, of of touching that ice cream, and the and the sensation and the experience that comes before that is exactly the same. Think of the training in that way. Are you thinking about it? Are you hanging labels on it? Or are you tasting it? Are you there? Are you opening to it? Are you living it? Are you with it? So that you're going beyond. You're dropping the barriers between you and that direct experience. So that you can see it, so you become so, so intimate. So that you can you can awaken and become alive to, to whatever that familiar, familiar experience that you're having, you've had so many times in your life. But now you're really opening to it. You're not hanging labels on it with a clarity, with a brightness, becoming one before thinking. There, then not only do you live it, and do you, but you will see it and you will know it. It will become clearer and clearer as to its reality. This is where this training takes you. It is about tasting. 
It is not about thinking, and yet paradoxically, thinking is going to be a part of it, it's going to be around it. That's what you have to be careful of. And, and by all means, use all the concepts. Use, use, you, you're, not, you're not going to deny yourself anyway. You can't squash them. They're a part of who you are. But don't be deceived by them. Don't be deceived by the finger that points at the moon for being the moon. That is so important. And if you can retain that spirit of just tasting, then you're at home. In that moment, you're at home. You're with who you really are. And that's, that's where this training will take you. Just bear that in mind. Don't get caught by it all. But use it skillfully. So, following on from yesterday, do you have something, any, any queries that um, could be useful for all of us? Practice questions. Thank you. <clears throat> um, you, you went into, um, you explained, uh, um, uh, you, 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 you um, talked about the three lakshmas yesterday, and you, you talked about uh, anatta, specifically non-self, and I was curious, and I think you touched on impairments as well, but I was curious about suffering, and, um, and uh, I just wanted some clarity on it, because um, I have my own uh, understanding of what that might be, like you said, that all things are, are suffering, that, that there's a, a action that says that. And my understanding is that that's when there, when there is a self there, and but of, of itself, is it so? Is there suffering there? Um, <laughs> you know, when the self isn't there, is can you can you, can you say that? But um, I think you're getting very refined here. Um, it's just that all if you hold up all experiences that you have. Um, and you want to know, I mean, these are the characteristics of it, of course, and even things that you wouldn't consider to be suffering because you don't experience everything in your life as being suffering. But if you learn to look close enough with a very refined mind, you'll see that everything is in a permanent state of agitation. They all, they all flow into each other. It's not like you can have one without the other. These are perspectives of the one. So, even though you don't have a, as you say, you don't feel there is a self there at the time, then there must be some sense. There must be some sense of, of uh, as you as a, as you as an entity, as you as an object, as it were that's having that experience, even though you may not wrap it up with words, oh, I'm suffering, blah, 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 blah. But that's just, that's just look, looking at it on a more refined level, that if you look into <coughs> that, you will still see that there's self-interest in there, there's a self-sort of experience there. However, I mean, self can be incredibly refined, it doesn't have to be in your face all the time. The very, the very, the very um, experience of, of duality implies that you have a self, 
But if you didn't have a self, there wouldn't be any duality. So the very fact that you experience I'm here and you're over there, you're still caught in that trap of somewhere having this self-identity, however refined it may be. I mean, you're looking at it on a, on a very refined state. I mean, if everything was like that, then you wouldn't, you, know, you wouldn't really be suffering in the normal sense, would you? But if you look at it close enough, um, everything, whatever that experience may be, you will see that that is one of its characteristics. But it's, what, it's one of the characteristics of, of, of what the thing is. But is that the truth? Is that reality? Or is all of that a, a manufacture? Because there is a part of you that, um, you know, we talk about impermanence and dukkha and not, and not self. And this is the paradox. There's a part of you, as I've touched on earlier there, who you really are beyond all of that, that's actually permanent, that actually is bliss and is self, is the true self, the one self, the big self, there, there. And that, when you, it's only when you touch that reality, there's all of that thing called dukkha and not self, and that is that all just fades away. That's not, because because it's all it's all everything's your imagination. Do you get that? Yeah. Well, I'm glad you do anyway. <laughs> 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 um, you have to. It's very subtle. You have to look at it. You know, it, it, you you can't sort of view, view those characteristics all on one level, and it's all like in your face. You know, like everything that you experience in life is not all. Some things are very crude and very. The things that affect you, but there are things that don't really affect you. And therefore, you don't. But actually, as I say, if you learn to look at them all, they all have that characteristic. And and what you're looking at, everything, even on that very refined state, is a creation of your mind. So therefore, it's a creation of your mind. It's got to have those characteristics. That it's that's that's the way everything is. That's that's the nature of your creation, and you never go beyond that. But there is a part of you that is not a part of that, that's seemingly the opposite, as it were, in terms of characteristics. Mm-hmm. And, that's, and that's what we aspire to. So whilst, you've always, you know, whilst you're always abiding in duality, you're never going to be far away from, you know, from dukkha. It's going to be, your relationship with the dukkha is, the, is what's key to this. And if you're identifying with that experience, in other words, me, the self... I, the, the, what you think is self, you're going to compound that so much more than if you see it as being neutral and, and, and just the way it is and, and it's not me. And hopefully these are things you learn on the cushion, that you don't identify with, with the discomfort that you get in your legs and, and see that it's not my pain, my suffering, my, 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 my legs even. Uh, that when you do that, you compound the whole thing so much more. And if you be, learn to just say, well, that's the way it is, and don't get, you don't buy into it, 
that suffering becomes less and less and less and less, as you, as you should discover. You've still got this thing called pain, but it's nothing like the impact as when you identify with it, bringing the self-notion to it, that it's mine. But, you know, it's all about degrees. It's learning to declutch. In that, in that regard, in that sense there, learning to declutch in the sense of me, my pain, my leg, my suffering, I'm going to be in a wheelchair for the rest of my life. What on earth am I doing here when I could be doing something else? I, 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 all the time. So you're really, really ratcheting up this whole notion of, of suffering. And the more you can just, you know, even be philosophical about it, say, well, this is the way it is. I'm not going to buy into it. I'm not going to identify with it. It's there. I've got other things to be doing rather than concerning myself with this. That thing will, you know, like I say, it's, you know, you make it into a mountain, but there's always going to be a molehill. So, you know, you're beginning to understand this self thing that you carry with you in all experiences that you have. And the stronger the self view is in experiences, the more likely, well, the more likely you, you are going to pump the whole thing of suffering up. And, and of course, the, the whole notion of attachment, because it's me, it's mine, me, me, me. And by learning to see that, that this, this self thing that's there all the time, that, that you're, you're never going to avoid it, but it's all about degrees. Ultimately, the only way to avoid it is to let the, when the whole thing falls away, then you are truly free and you're, you, 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 you've rediscovered that part of you that's not a part of those characteristics. But while they're there, and this is why they're great tools, you can see that you are, you know, you're just reinforcing, you're reinfor- it's me, me, me all the time. And that dukkha, that dukkha is, is, is my dukkha, my dukkha, my dukkha all the time. So, so you're, you're just, you're just, keeping the whole thing hot all the time. But hopefully you begin to see the reality of what the thing is, what it is that you're attaching to, that you take as some solid entity, and that's where the impermanence comes in. <clears throat> you, learn to, you learn to just know that, you know, that's not the truth. And just learn to leave it alone. And if you leave it alone, that's called non-attachment. And when, uh, and, but attachment comes in degrees. None of this is black and white. It's how, how tightly you grip something. You can grip something like this or you can just hold on to it a little bit. The more you hold on to it, the, the, the greater the, the way you're setting yourself up to, to suffer more. And so those lakshanas are always helping you if you can just bring them to the thing that you're holding on to, that you take to be real. And to, and to be a, 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 you know, an object in itself. Um, to, to, to bring that, that realisation more, which you can nurture, especially on the cushion, that you can bring more and more into your life and begin to see the reality of the things that you've always been so desperately holding on to. You can begin to loosen, loosen your grip. Because you're seeing that's that's you know that's the nature of that nature of that thing that you're holding on to. Whatever you hold on to, it's got suffering in it. Whatever whatever it may be.
Attachment by definition means suffering. You know, to whatever. And you have to get to the bottom of things. When you really understand them, you just, you don't identify, you don't hold on, you let go. And then when you do that, then what is the real you can then begin to shine through. Is that good enough? That's fine. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's, I've got it a little bit clearer for myself now as well. <laughs> so I hope it's, uh, it's helped helped you as well. Good, Assuming you needed help, I mean, it's me. Oh, okay. <coughs> oh, could you uh, go into a bit more detail about, about how we negotiate uh, the spaciousness? Uh, my own experience is, is that there's. I, I can embrace the action as some degree of, I, I can ponder on permanence, but it doesn't last for any length of time. I go into a kind of a dull state. And once, I've, once I've pondered on, on one of the actions, or, 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 or all of them for that matter, I just go into a kind of a limbo state. And I, I get dull, I get bored, uh, I don't know quite what to do well, with because it. You got, you're not going deep enough, are you? You can never get You can never get to the... Well, it, it's your—it's called commitment, mate. It's your—it's your willingness to come back, and 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 to and to let the thing reveal itself even more, so that you go in and not say, "Oh, well, that's that's good. I've done that one. I've done that. Let's go and, or I've got bored with that." It's carry it with you. Look into them. You won't. You won't. You know. You won't get to the bottom of them. It's all about commitment. This this dullness, this boredom. You know. Look at yourself when this comes along. You have all the tools, all, all, the, all, the, all the material that you need never to be bored. It's all there, everything. It, there's a richness and, 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 and an abundance of material that can give you insight, that you can use to, to, to cultivate insight. That... that, that there's more than enough there. And if you get bored, it means that you've stopped somewhere. You've gone so far. And there's another part of you, probably the bit, the bit of you that doesn't want to do it in the first place. Um, is, is, oh, I'm bored with that. I'm, well, okay, you're bored. You can get bored with anything, can't you? You know? Um, what, what bores one person is another person's massive stimulation. You make it, you make it into whatever is your world. You make it into whatever you want to make it into. And if you find it boring, then then stir it up, because it's all there. You're not looking deep enough, you're not looking hard enough, you're not applying yourself hard enough um, to, to stimulate the interest, the interest of, of, of the whole path of insight, which is, which is well, well, there's nothing in your life that, 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 that can be more... That could be more revealing, more wonderful, more stimulating, more absolutely mind-blowing. Nothing, absolutely nothing that you can do in your life. Everything in your life has is, is, is got a limitation. It's a, it's a dualistic thing, invariably created by man somewhere. As you study this and that, or stuff that people have made, that has a, that has its, you know, that has its world, but has its limitations. This is no limit to this. It's, there's no end to it. And the more you break, the more you break 
the more you break into it, the more it reveals itself on level after level. It could then begin to break in to even go beyond that. That, that world that you've been looking at, where those three characteristics don't apply. You can't take the, ca- the characteristics to reality. If reality opens to you, it's not an object. You can't take the action as to that, to that, to that experience. Because that's not a thing. Action is applied to things, on what you imagine, what you create as things. As a part of you, if you if you begin to break into who you who you really are, the char- those characteristics won't you can't you can't take them there. <clears throat> you just have to begin to open to them, to the wonderment, just to what's in front of you. Look, open your eyes. Look what's around you. See, this is endless. This is you. You know, as I say, if you ever get bored, it's because look at yourself. I think my problem is that I, I, think I just begin to st- establish a narrative in my mind, and the narrative just goes off in a rant. And, and then before I'm, I don't know where I'm at, I've been, I've been telling myself this story that just is, is a bit endless. And I say, oh, come back to the breath, come back to the breath. So I come back to the breath, I come back to the spaciousness again. And, and it's as if it goes round and round in a circle. I'm, 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 in, I'm I'm, I'm navigating in a very limited area, and, and I understand what you're saying. If you want to stimulate, you want to inject some kind of a stimulus, and, and goodness, the world is full of wondrous things to, to find that stimulus from. But it, it just becomes a story, and it becomes kind of. Peter well, look at that. What, why is it becoming a story? Look at it. What are you What are you doing to the information that you're investigating, that you're discovering? What are you doing to that to turn it into something that sort of becomes? as a dead end to it, that stops. Why, why has it stopped? What have you done? Because what you're looking at, I don't believe, has, a, has an end. It doesn't have a, 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 you know, a, a wall that you find yourself bumping up against. You've come so far, but... What, 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 are you, what are you doing, what are you doing to, to create those limitations? Look at yourself. Don't look at the subject. Look at yourself, and, and I think a lot of it is, is application, not just on the cushion and in your daily life. I've always been very curious about yourself, always been looking at yourself, never, always turn your attention in, always been looking and wondering, who am I, what am I, where am I, why am I like this, what's going on here? Endless questions that will take you, take you on, on, a, on, on a journey, it just go on and on and on. There's no end to it. And and, and when you're going along, it can just <coughs> suddenly it can suddenly reveal itself. And just you can't believe what you're seeing. So, sometimes really really nice stuff, but also incredible stupidity that you create for yourself and how you trap yourself, how you trap, and how you reinforce that entrapment. Watch it and see going on here? I thought it was this, now it's looking like that, and I thought it looked like this. And these just just keeps going like this all the time. If you're really interested, or if you're just going to get wrapped up in yourself all the time, and just be looking after yourself, and just <coughs> feeding, feeding this notion of me, 
looking after your comfort zone, making sure that, oh, yeah, this is very interesting as long as I don't have to step outside my comfort zone, as long as it doesn't get too challenging. I like the challenge. I like the adventure. As long as it doesn't start getting a bit too hairy. And then it's, oh, well, hang on a minute. Um, I don't know about this. Let's, um, let's find something that's a little, bit, a little bit more safe. In other words, a little bit less challenging to you. And so you shut the door. And then you stay in your bubble. I tell you, your, your boredom is because you're in your bubble. You're no boredom when you're outside your bubble. My goodness me. It is nothing but stimulation and challenge and, and just, and just, just, just an a, a, a infinite playground that just goes on and on and on that, that, that you're just discovering all the time. You, thought, you think you know everything. You think you know everything is because you trap yourself. You condition yourself. The education, the self-identity. Oh, this is the world, and all and all. Oh, it's a, it's a great world. There's a lot in it. It's very very interesting, um, and and I and I and I like and I like my world, and it's and it's great. And I and I and I'm engaging with it all the time. But in fact, what you're doing is you, you you're just mo- moving around in, in in the conditioned world that you've created for yourself, which can be, as I say, lots of very very pleasant things within it. By all means, but 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 you're but you're walking around your garden like this. You're staying within your confines. <clears throat> you think that this is this is the world. This is totality. There's nothing beyond this. You must be joking. What you're in, what you're in, what you can come to see more and more that you investigate, and the more that you realise that. Hang on, I thought I knew everything, as it were. The, the, the more you can see, my God, I'm spending my whole. I've spent my whole life, and I'm spending my whole life locked in a prison. This is, it's just like you're in a prison. Occasionally, the, the door will open, a door which you never thought was ever there. But because you investigate and you and you really rummage around in a very click, uh, in a very sort of investigating way, you find a door and you open the door and you just get a little glimpse, and then you're just like, what? And you get a glimpse that's, hang on, I thought this was everything. And here I am, seemingly quite content to just stay in this little space that I thought was everything and everybody was in this space. Uh, and now because I'm, because I'm challenging that space, because I'm looking at it and then asking myself how real, how real is or what is this made of, asking all these questions and looking deeply in on the cushion and, and asking these questions in your life that you find this... You find this, this this little opening, and you look and you go, "What?" And you realise, "My God, you you spent your whole life walking around with shackles on." But you convince yourself, "No, no, this is great. This is the real. This is this is what. Well, this is life. This is about being a human being. That's how stupid we are. We've totally convinced ourselves. But actually, when you look at that closely enough, you are in a prison." And that actually is not a, not, not a nice place to be. And you're terrified to, to step outside of it. And yet you convince yourself that this is... So, you know, once you begin to challenge those, you know, the, the doorways or the window or, or whatever and begin to get... I mean, if there's not stimulation there... Um, it, it should it should invigorate you to the extent where you think, well, I've just got to free myself. I just got to get to know more. And if, and if you're in if you're in this state, and I know 
you know, we fall into this state a lot. Well, I get bored with this practice. I get bored. I get bored with it. It's not stimulating me. It's not. It's because you, it's because you're in your bubble. You know, whether whether you well, you're not going to see it in those terms, but but you are. Because if you're not in a bubble, how you cannot possibly ever ever be bored. Impossible. Impossible. So what you need to do is to look at yourself and ask yourself, your bu- my bubble, what, what, what do you mean my bubble? Um, what, what am I doing to, what have I done to create this space that, I'm, that I don't go out of? That I'm, actually, I'm, afra- I'm afraid to go out. We're all afraid of the unknown. That's natural to be afraid of the unknown. But it's also to write, write to the challenge of that fear. And, and the stimulation that that can bring, and to take a chance. You know, if you're not prepared to take a chance with this training, you're not. You're never going to change. You'll stay within those confines. It's only when you're prepared to take a chance, and take a chance means that you might make a mistake, you might make a fool of yourself, you may frighten yourself, you may get a, an experience of a, of a lot of fear. Um, are you prepared to are you prepared to give it a go? Because if you're not, nothing will ever change. But if you are, then that's the adventure. And and you and you need and you need have a look have a look. When you when you look at yourself closely, you, you should be able to see your limitations. Where, where where you're prepared to go and where you're not prepared to go. And when you get somewhere and when you get somewhere that gets a little bit tasty for you, you turn away from it or you somehow manage to avoid it in some way. You just keep it at arm's length. Um, some, some you look at over there or you don't, you're, not, you're not tasting the ice cream. You're looking at it and say, oh, look, there's an ice cream over there. I wonder what that tastes like. Oh, yeah, okay. That, that, that's being, that's being in, in your bubble, in, in the prison that you make. And life becomes boring. And you're looking for stimulation all the time. You're looking to find a meaning to your life. Life, life has to have a meaning, doesn't it? I have to have a meaning in my life. I'm 50 and I've got no meaning. I've done nothing. I've achieved nothing. Life is slipping away. Life is meaningless. Well, life is meaningless is because you've, you've shut yourself off from life. That's why. Life, life isn't isn't about being born with, with, with lots of sort of ambitions that you've got to achieve this, that, and the other, <clears throat> and and that's and that's and that well that, that can often be the meaning of life in the world that you always got to be achieving. But but the real achievement of life, of life is it's just it's just to be it, it's to be in it and, and live it, and you will be absolutely, totally happy and fulfilled and content. Doing nothing, just living it, just experiencing it. Life, your two nature is not interested in going anywhere. For goodness' sake, it is completely, it's completely fulfilled within itself. It doesn't want anything. It's you that's inadequate. You want something, and, you, and you, we seal ourselves off. We seal ourselves off, and then life becomes boring because you just go around in a circle. Of course it's going to become but well you've got to look at yourself when you come to that place life is boring well you don't blame life <laughs> don't blame your missus and your 
people in your life. It's all their fault, I'm like. Look at yourself. And this whole path of insight will take you to your limitations, will take you will take you around your prison that you've created for yourself and you think you think you're in you think you're in heaven and it's and it's great. But you realise, my God, it could this is nothing to what it could be like. This is nothing. And here I am thinking, Oh, isn't life great? And yet you're carrying all this dukkha and angst at the same time when you're saying that life is great. There's something something's not right. There's something that's not fulfilled. You've not not fulfilled your potential, who you really are, discovered who you really are. And that's what the path of insight is taking you to that fulfilment. But it's going to be challenging all the way. And one of the things is boredom. Sometimes it's just naked fear. Naked, I'm not doing that. But that's keeping you in your box. By pulling back from that. But also, boredom is another way of keeping you in your box. Because clearly you're in your box. And, um, you know, and and that creates all sorts of... um, you know, restlessness and wanting it, the whole the whole thing. So you need to look at that and ask why. Do something that do something that frightens you. In your case, do nothing. <laughs> <laughs> See, see where that takes you. I was needed to be achieving and doing and daddy, 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 daddy. Just say, no, no, stop it. Which would seem to be the complete opposite to you. But I was, I was rise to a challenge, accept a challenge when you come up against these things. See how you get on. Because that's the only way you'll break free, yeah? you'll break out of this sense of incompleteness. And you've got to do it yourself. Nobody can do it. Nobody can do it for you. It's all about challenge. It is absolutely all about challenge. And that, and that challenge doesn't mean that you go at it like some, some willful, with some willfulness that you're going to, you know, I'm going to beat you. That's not dharma. That's ego. That's willfulness. That, that's, not, that's not what I mean by challenge. It's, You've got to be careful with that word, um, because that that has, that has that implication. The, the challenge is something's come to you that you that you don't feel comfortable with. Something very simple, or something very not not simple. Something that's very big, whatever. But you, you've you've come, and it's like the universe is inviting you to take a step into that, or to step out of it. And you say no. Well, until you say yes, you won't change. You can't. You can't. You can't. You can't expect to be given this to you on a plate. This is why we have sangha. This is why we have support in our lives, so that we can step outside of our bubble, and take the challenge, and take the fear, and the insecurity that, that goes with it, and, and and you lose all your sense. You lose all your sense of control, being in control of your life, because we all want to be in control of our lives. And that's our, that's, our, that's our trouble. It's that we try to control life. 
so that you feel safe. I feel safe. Well, while you're doing that, you're shutting the doors. You're creating this prison that you live in. And then it's, oh, I'm bored. You, need, you know, we all need to be looking at ourselves all the time with that. And the insight will always be taking you to places of challenge. Accept the challenge. And, and open, open with the right spirit to something in a quiet way. Pursue something. Do it. And if it frightens you, then be frightened. But the, and the only way, the only way that you overcome fear, there's only one way of overcoming fear. And, we, and we're all wrapped with fear on different levels. The only way that you overcome fear is to become familiar with it. Is to face it, look at it, be with it, open to it. Whatever the situation may be, <coughs> even though it terrifies you, become familiar with the situation. Don't stand back from it and run away and hide. But be with it. Be frightened, but stay with it. And the more you stay with it, that fear will show its true nature, its true face. That's the only way, the only way you go beyond fear. The only way. And if you're not prepared to, to, to step into that, to step into things that, 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 that clearly make you feel uncomfortable, that make you feel insecure that give you all of that stuff that makes you want to recall, if you're not prepared to do that, then don't expect change. It's, it's what it is. It's, it's how it works. And, and fear, and fear is, is not, is, that fear is 100% your own creation. Don't blame anybody. It's your, it's your creation. And the way that you maintain fear is by reacting to it. You run away from it, you even try to fight it. You react to it, reacting to it. You reinforce it. You, you, you acknowledge its existence and you give it fuel to, to continue in that way. And it, and it, and it, can, and it can, can completely control your life. It certainly diminishes your life and keeps you in your bubble and keeps you away from your potential. And the way that you deal with it is that you, you open up and say yes to it. And, let it. and let it come at you. And be frightened. But try to function with whatever the situation may be. Do your best. Become familiar with it. Come back to it. Recall, come back to it. Become familiar with it. More and more. And that familiarity, that fear, when you face up to it, will show, will show what it really is, that thing that you are absolutely convinced is some real, solid, tangible thing that chases you down the road. That fear will show you exactly what it really is, is that it doesn't exist. It has no reality whatsoever. And yet it completely controls your life and diminish your life and wreck your life. It can. That's what we deal with. Incredible, incredible, absolutely incredible. You cannot believe it when you see it, when you see the nature of it, and you think, that's controlled my life. I've been the victim of this for years and years and years. And now I've, at last... I've decided I've got the courage to turn around and open the face of it. And I look at it, and what do I see? There isn't anything there. How unbelievable is that? How unbelievable is that? This is part of the, the wonderment of this journey, of this adventure, 
It's unbelievable. You cannot believe it. You couldn't, you couldn't make it up. You absolutely, definitely couldn't make it up. You couldn't sit and write a book about it. No book could get anywhere now. I don't care who you are, how clever you are, how articulate. You couldn't write, you couldn't write this. But you can discover it and you can see it and you know it and, and it's just unbelievable. And it's, it's the great journey that we're all on. The great challenge that's given to all of us. But if you're not prepared to, to walk it, then you'll be forever ever trapped. <clears throat> Your choice. Um, quite a lot of the time when I'm meditating, if uh, something comes up that's particularly strong, I'll often just sit there, rather than latching or anything like that, I'll just sit there and refuse to react to it, and that'd be pretty much the meditation. Do you think that's an insight tool in itself? That's very good. Stay with the fear. I mean, is it fear? It's frightening here. I mean, it's something or that's very... Or desire or compulsion or something. It could be desire for something. Yeah, and you stay with it, but you don't, fo- you don't follow it. No, we'll stay with it. And the more you stay with it, the more you get to see what, the more chance you've got of, of getting to see what's going on there. And if you stay with it, is it going to be? Is it still going to have that same hold on you the next time it comes round? And the time after, and the time after, and the time after, you're no longer feeding it. Just see it as a fire. I mean, how many times have I said this? Like a fire it is a fire, emotional fire, fire, fear is fire. Fire, fire, fire. There's a fire burning there. And you, want, you don't want it, because fires are hot, they're burning, they're destructive. And you don't want it. It's something that's, that's just, it's just not a pleasant experience, and it's just not, not something you want in your life. And I think most of us would, would, would say that if we experienced a fire in that way. And there are two ways that you can go about putting that fire out. There's the worldly way and there's the dharmic way. The worldly way is the way that we're taught in life what to do. When you've got something there that, that, that you don't like, that you don't want, we're told to act upon it, jump on it, in this case, throw water on it, jump on it, bash it, knock the fire out. Okay, you may do that. You may succeed in putting that fire out. But what you haven't done is that, is that, is that you've still got the fuel that created the fire in the first place. So when the fuel dries out, say, if you're throwing water on it when, it, when it, when it dries out, it's always got the potential to come back into fire again. And so you do the same again, on and on and on and on, always, come, always just waiting for it to burst into flames again. And that's how you live your life. But there's the dharmic way, <clears throat> is that when you see the fire, that fire that you don't want, the dharmic way to deal with the fire is to do nothing. How mad is that? Hang on, the world doesn't teach you to, to do nothing. The world teaches you to do things, to do something about it. This is why the Dharma is not of the world. It's the, the complete opposite. It's just, it doesn't relate to the world. It doesn't relate to your conditioning and all the information that you take on. It's, it, it, it's, it's mad. You don't, it, it doesn't make sense. The Dharma doesn't make sense in a lot of ways. That it doesn't it doesn't fit the, the, the conditioned the, the conditioned rules and regulations that we all take on board and we all take to be to be the truth and this this is it. 
this is this is wisdom. But there's another form, another way of dealing with it, another form of wisdom. And in this case, when you you have a fire burning away that you that you really really don't want, you leave it alone. What you don't do is that you don't throw fuel on it because every time you react to it, you're actually throwing fuel on it. You want it to go out, and yet at the same time, when you're reacting, running away from it, or being carried away by it, you're throwing fuel on it. All you're doing is actually keeping the fire going, <laughs> stoking it up even, never mind keeping it going. The Dharmic way is to leave it alone. I don't care how big the fire is, how, how much it how large and how much it rages and the heat that it gives off. If you leave it alone and don't react to it and don't put anything on it, I don't care how long it takes, sooner or later that fire is going to burn itself out. Isn't that just common sense? Of course it's going to burn itself out. And then there's no fire. But the difference between that way and the worldly way is that because you've allowed it to burn itself out, there's no more fuel. The fuel is gone. So that fire can never, ever, ever come back into, into being again. That's the Dharmic way. And we learn, we learn very often to go against the whole of our conditioning with things rather than run away and react to a fire, to a fear, to a situation. As we're taught to do and given tools to, 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 to protect ourselves from these things that, that we just automatically, automatically use. Now, the Dharmic way is that when you get one of these things that come to you, one of these fears, one of these situations, that's, um, that, that's a fire, that's an, an emotion, there's always emotion. If there's no emotion to it, it's not going to touch you. It's got no, no, no depth, no strength to it. It needs, it needs emotion <laughs> to, 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 to stir you up, to make it, to make it real. So, so when one of those comes to you, you learn to go against everything that you've been taught you learn to just stay with it. Bow your head. And it's not good, it's not bad, it's not right, it's wrong. You don't need to hang any label. Be with it, stay with, with your aliveness, with your awareness, with who you really are, to bring that mirror-like quality to that situation that's absolutely riveting you with fear, racking you with fear, and you just so much want to get away from it. Of course you do, but you stay with it and you stay with it and you don't feed it and you leave it. <clears throat> See what happens to that fear. See what happens to it. I'm telling you, if you don't react to it, it will fade away. And if it comes again, because these habits are so deep, then do the same again and again and again. That's how we go beyond fear. That's how we get out of prison. By doing nothing. Doing nothing. But it means having the courage. By golly, you need it at times. Just to... It's almost like you're putting your life on the line. If I, if I stand here and do this, I'm going to die. We'll be... Okay. Well, there you go. Sooner or later it's going to happen anyway. Why not now? See what happens to that fear. You'll see the nature of fear. You will get a lesson from that, hopefully, that you'll be able to take to the next fear and the next fear and the next. Because everything, everything in your life that you react to is all about fear. It creates the whole world, 
The whole world is created by fear. Fear of me, me being attacked and diminished or killed or whatever, looking after me. All these fears. That's how you deal with fear. And it's not good, it's not bad. You don't hang labels. You don't get mad with it. Absolutely, you don't get mad with it. You're going to come here, you. None of that, we don't do any of that. That's for the world. The Dharma is, yes, humility, open. And bear with, bear with, bear with. With that. That That patient endurance, which is what I believe that that paramita actually points to. Patience, to be patient and just to stay with. And endure that for, forbearance. Forbearance means to bear with. Bear with what is fear. Do that. Do that. Develop the courage and, and see if it works. Have you got support as you, as, you, as you open yourself to these things? That's how things change. And you can begin to see more and more. The more you cultivate this ability to get to know yourself and how you're constructed and how you work and how you create your own suffering, how you create the world. You do that by getting to know, by looking in all the time, observing, observing, looking, picking around, picking around, asking questions quietly, looking for those answers, looking in. And all, all the assumptions you made about yourself and your life and what life is about, what you're about, what life is about, <clears throat> everything, everything comes into question. Because everything you've assumed to be real and the world you see more and more as what you create. And because you create, rather than being the victim of something, you can now begin to uncreate it. And that's what the inside path does. Allow you to uncreate, let go. Let go. Aloka, um, I'm confused as to what's actually kind of coming back to me or coming to me, whether it is insight, type of revelation, or is it my mind just actually dressing this kind of stuff up has been uh, because some of the stuff is coming to me like I, I, I probably know now I, I'm just wondering is there kind of an ah moment you know ah uh, one which, which I would have had as a result of the dream that I mentioned yesterday uh, on it but some of this stuff is actually you, you know I know um, I'm just wondering whether it's the mind working or is it just is there that ah factor in it? <laughs> Do you know, I don't. I don't charge anything for all of this. You know, <laughs> <laughs> some people charge lots of money. Um, you know, one of the great dangers that we all face with this, you know, is is to dis- is to be able to distinguish between what is genuine insight and what is just a play of the mind play the ego, because the ego can create. And, 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 the, and the thing that you always try to bring to all of it is that you don't attach to any of it, whether it's real, whether it happens to be the real thing or, or not the real thing. 
is to, is to you've got to look at it. It's there. It's there. Maybe something to be learned. Something may reveal itself. Something you know you, you understand something that you didn't before. Well, that well that's fine. That's good. You don't have to label it. You don't have to get caught up with it. Um, and you don't have to hold on to it. Um, say, well, okay, that could be genuine. Maybe it's just my mind. But but don't get too. You want to put everything in boxes all the time. And you want to feel like you're going somewhere and you're getting something. This is why we have to be careful because we can have the mind. You'll never understand how this deluded mind works because although you know you can say it's deluded, we can scoff it. We can say that it's that it's the devil, that it's a monster. But whatever it, whatever it is, I tell you, it is so clever. You will never be able to pick it. You'll never be able to put your finger on it. The way it's so subtle. The way the way that that it that it. That it the thing works. Not that it is. Not that there is anything there that's actually trying to do something, which is what we fall into. It's just that's even part of its subtleness. It will convince you that it's a person, but that's only the beginning. Is what it comes up with, and you just got to be ever vigilant, ever ever watchful all the time, and you're never going to avoid it. It's going to follow you all the time. And it's going to be when I go, what your meditation is, what your insight is. That whole propensity will always be always be with you. So to have that spirit of letting go of everything, even inside, not put boxes, not put things in, in boxes. You, like I say, you want to progress, you want to think, well, I'm becoming wiser than I used to be. But that wisdom that you think you're becoming could be just a play of your mind. And in fact, you're ending up more stupid than when you first started. Because <laughs> you're giving it a lot of information now that it didn't have before. And it's using it. Uh, and it's, it's always going to be with, it's going to be with all of us. Uh, and that's why this that basic principle, just don't hold on to anything. Open to see it, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. acknowledge it, look at it. It may, it may have value, and there may be something there. But then let it go. Don't don't take it and carry it with you. Am I answering the question there? Yes. And what do I like? You say you say leave it. I mean, leave it in the sense don't carry it around with you. Don't make it. Don't make it all. You know, I'm so much wiser than I was yesterday. And this is so really, really important. And you feel like you've, you know, you, 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 we all want to progress. We all want to become wiser. And it may well be genuine, but even if it is genuine, it's come and it's gone. From then on, it's a memory. Even your great insights become a memory. And a memory is not the real thing. It's something then that comes into that compartment of the self and then it's my insight, it's my my wisdom, my this and my that. becomes fuel for that for that part of you. The thing is not, not, not to hold on to anything, not to label anything. It's so easy said, you've got to train yourself to do that. And train yourself and see if you're just carrying something around all the time rather than putting it down to one side. 
Yeah, if the insight is actually something local that says that in fact it's either a relationship that's not good for me or a certain work situation or whatever it actually is and I get this oh. now there's then doing something about it well then okay well then well then act upon it yeah, yeah and if I have a fear around that then I'm back into working with the fear that's the well, yeah, but no, but you can often, very often, have a fear of of something that you feel you should be doing. You should be changing something that's there. The fear being that you're going to, first of all, you're going to be letting go of something that you're familiar with, so it gives you security, even though you might hate it. it still, gives you a sense of security. Um, so there's a fear around that, and of course, when you let something go, then the other fear is what's what's going what's, what's going to take its place. What, what do I have to put in this place? There's always fear around change. Fear, ch- change is, has always got dukkha. But that doesn't say it's the wrong change. Not to say it's the wrong thing to do. Like I say, you've got to play with things. You've got to experiment. And if you've got it wrong, then you've got it wrong. So, so, <laughs> so what's new? But you're never going to know until you try. Because taking a chance then. Look, it's all about taking a chance. As I was saying there a few minutes ago, if you're not prepared to take a chance with this, step out your bubble, then you're never going to change. This is this this is where I was considered to be um, doing things that is, is, uh, things are, are a calculated risk. They're not being foolhardy and stupid and just jumping for the sake of jumping. That's stupid. That is. That's, that's just being, you know, hot-headed and. Stupid, ridiculous. I mean, there's, there's no wisdom around that at all. But but having said that, there is there is an opportunity to jump, to to let go, to go into that. Uh, and it's it's like, well, okay, if it doesn't work, you know, will I will I survive? Am I am I cutting myself off from everything in my life, and there's no way back? Now that that something like that can be regarded as being very foolhardy, very stupid. But you could you could um, as long as you can find well, if it doesn't work work out, I'll be able to recover, and and you know pick up the piece. It's a bit like I don't know if it's it's the sort of thing you know like when I, when I, when, I, when I went to Sri Lanka, <clears throat> and I literally gave up everything in my life. And everything I had was it was in a bag. Now you you might say that's foolhardy, but what I did have is I had enough money in the bank to buy me an air ticket to get me back again. If it did all fall, if it, if it all did turn turkey on me, I had that much. Rather than you know it, it all became a disaster, and then I'm going running around. Oh please, look, give me some money, lend me some money. I've got to go back, dumping myself on other people. I take that as being a calculated risk. I definitely felt it was the right thing to do, but I still could be wrong. Nothing's guaranteed in this life. But what I did do is, is that, is that, is that I, had a, I had a way of recovering myself. If, if it did really... I mean, I was going to lose a, a huge amount, but I was prepared to do that. But I also had a... I could give myself... A step forward, a step back into if I had to recover myself, if I didn't actually make that mistake. I call that a calculated risk. I mean, that was a big one, but it was a calculated risk. I wasn't being foolhardy and stupid, and where you end up just being dependent on other people to rescue you, you know, which I think is really 
definitely not the thing to do. But <laughs> unless you, you've got to see it's an adventure. You've got to see it. You know what's life about? Is life about just looking after yourself and like this? Everything you do. I think I I, that's not my philosophy on life. I don't think that's what it's about. You do things as long as you're not hurting others. You're not, you know, in a situation like that. Supposing I, you know, I had a family, for example, and I and I abandoned them because I wanted. To, that would be absolutely wrong. No question, that's wrong to just walk out and dump your, you know, make other people suffer because of what you want to do. You know, that's not that's not part of the equation. You don't you don't step out of your bubble and hurt other people. This isn't about hurting anybody. If anyone's going to get hurt, it's only going to be you. So it's not about dragging other people in, in, into your stuff, into your world, and making them being victims of what you want to do. That's rubbish. That's not dharma. Not wisdom at all. That's pure selfishness. But, you know, you've got to take a chance and be prepared to fall over. You know, what, what you're talking about there, I don't know. You're talking about work stuff or whatever. You know, if if change is coming, everything changes. Maybe the time has come for for that to go into change. Well, then go with it, and 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 see if see if it's right. And if it's not right, maybe there's a way back. With your tail between your legs, <coughs> and <laughs> with a little with a little bit of humility, we hope, and accept you made a mistake not blame everybody else <coughs> around you. So what? So, you know, you lose a bit of face. So what, for goodness sake? What's so special about that? You recover. Well, both. You know, bowing is very much about surrender, about giving up, about letting go of your attachments, whatever they may be. And sometimes, you know, very precious attachments to yourself, not just, I don't mean physical, you know, about physical things. They come and go in your life all the time, but things that we, that we hold on to very precious to us about, that, that, that gives us this self-view that we must hold on to. Um, you know, that, that, that when we bow, I mean, I believe the spirit of bowing is it, it, a physical act, a physical act of surrendering, of putting the head down on the ground, which is the one place the head never likes to go. The head is very happy to do this, but it doesn't like to do this. And I think all religions and spiritual disciplines have the act of bowing, um, it's integral to the whole process of what they're doing, but of course it so easily becomes a ritual in the mindless thing, but to actually take on the spirit. It's a one of surrender, it's a one of humility, of giving up something. I'm giving myself, I'm giving this ego, this thing that's so precious to me, that I've spent my life protecting in all sorts of ways. I'm genuinely 
giving it up. And for us, we, we, we get, some people give it up to something external. But for us, we give it up to something that's within us, which is our, our true nature, who we really are. The, the thing that's real. Um, there's something that's, that's, that's beyond self, something that, that's great and mysterious and something we'll never, ever possess. Self loves to possess everything, but it will never possess who you really are. And to, and to have the humility, it's actually something great, bigger than me, within me. What? How dare you say that? Says the ego. I'm the greatest thing that you will ever have in your life. And you must acknowledge that and and promote me in all situations at all times. Well, now you find like a, you, you you need to give that up. You want to give that up. And for us, we have our own inner nature <clears throat> that we can develop a relationship with, where we learn through through. To to me, this is this this is what. What humility is all about? What, what does humility mean? What, what does that word mean? It's something very rare for us and something that's almost extinct in the West. Humility. I think humility means is, 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 to, give, is to give something away and expect absolutely nothing back. Have absolutely no desire, no expectations of having something in return, of giving something up that's so precious to us, priceless to us to give it away and want nothing in return. And I think that the self is not going to give up that easy. It may even enjoy the act of giving. Oh, I'm giving myself up. Yeah, my foot is giving itself up. It's just making it that whole act another one of its own possessions, playing a game. I'm a spiritual person. <coughs> Be careful of that, because that just becomes, an ego, it just becomes an ego trip. It never leaves you. Everything can revert that way. But, you know, to, to remind yourself over and over and just keep polishing that and keep, you know, I, I'm genuinely trying to, trying to give up this, 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 this sense of me, this, 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 this thing that wants to, that's so destructive in the world, so destructive towards me because it's only interested in me. And to give it up to something that I, I will never be, I will never know and I will never be. But it's the place of salvation, it's the place where you can that you take refuge in that you take refuge and, and you give up all of these 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 aspects of our personality our makeup that's so precious to us that we that we hold on to for dear life and will defend at all costs in all situations learn to see that this is the cause of the trouble <clears throat> to learn to bow put your head on the ground and and hand that within yourself hand it to your true nature, hand it, hand it to that part of part of you that's that's unknowable, that the self will never will never know and never make a possession. There's something far bigger and far greater than you. Hand it back in back into that place that's that's full of so much humility, so much warmth, and so much selfless love for you that it wants to come and help you and support you. But only if you get the relationship right. It's never, ever, ever on your terms. This is what humility is about. That there's nothing. You're not doing it for me. You want nothing in return. And so, when you truly, 
when that is truly a, a genuine a genuine relationship that you're developing, this is how you begin to discover who you really are. It becomes more and more into your life and, and to help carry you. It knows that you suffer and it doesn't want you to suffer. And it wants to help you. It, it genuinely does. And it will help to carry you and help you to clarify what you're doing to yourself and what's going on here. And finding that path back into who you, who you really are. So all that, but that path is only possible to cultivate and to nurture through your humility. And you can never ever fake it. You can fake humility to all the people in the world. And no doubt may make yourself famous and well respected for that. But you will never ever fool your, yourself, your, 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 your true self. Don't even try. Impossible. It is literally impossible. To, and and to, 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 to develop that authentic, genuine humility is not the easy thing to do because we are just things of self-interest, however subtle. Whatever the thing is, it's still, there's, there's a me there. But it can be done, and it can be done through that opening and that willingness to hand yourself, to see this stuff that you're carrying, to get on your knees and, and genuinely hand it over hand it over and nurture that and invite that part of you into you. Now you do it, that, that physical act about, but of course this is for the whole of your training. It's not just at that moment. You can be doing it every moment of your day, giving up, seeing, seeing how you are, the self-interest that we all have. But internally bow and open yourself, come into yourself, open yourself to that part of you that you know is there, that, that is not something that you can put your finger on, that you will ever, as I say, be able to make your, make, make your own. But it's some, a part of you that's waiting there, that's there, that's, that's, that's it's, it's waiting there to help you and, and, and to support you, that, that, that knows everything. And it's, willing, and it's willingness there, and it's for you to, it's for you, it's for you to, to give up, to, to, to give this self up. And the more you give the self up, the more that that will fill its place. The more expressed through the paramitas, your true nature, uh, and how it expresses itself through the human form, with all the qualities, innate qualities that we all have, can begin to shine through. You don't make them. That's another self thing. <laughs> self doesn't make any of those. It's what we've all we've all got them. And they can all begin to express themselves if you learn to give up this me thing. And really, well, I've spoken about my own experiences, how, you know, <clears throat> developing that, that, inner, that inner relationship. I mean, to me, I, I think literally saved my life on at least one occasion, at least my sanity anyway, physical thing, I don't know. <laughs> mental sanity because I had a relationship going there and it helped me told me what to do believe it or not not in a normal dualistic way hearing things in your head and stuff but on a, on a much more sublime level um, that it's there to support us but it need, you have just got to absolutely authentically give up give it away Whatever it is that you're carrying is self-interest. 
And that takes cultivation, that takes your life. You're doing it all the time. Well, that that this watching is not necessarily the self. Um, I mean, emptying doesn't mean to say that you you become a zombie. You still retain your intelligence. You still function in your daily life. You still do your job, um, and you still respond and react to situations in your life. That you carry on, and nobody outside of you ever needs to know what's going on inside of you. You definitely don't. This is not something you go around and, and brag about. Um, so you, you carry, and this is not a one-off, but it's a slow. It's a slow process, and you're chipping away at something. And hopefully, when you chip away, that what's been chipped away is, is slowly being replaced by, by not me, not self, but the real self. And that, that, this to me, I, 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 don't, I don't understand how people who, who say they're on the spiritual path could not have this as a part of their spiritual path. This, this is, to me, this is the spiritual path. This is going beyond, beyond the conditioned, beyond the dualistic stuff, into, into, the, into the mystery of life. Because it is a mystery and you will never know it. But you can, you can open to it and you become one with it. And you can it can come and absolutely carry you in your life, so that you become. When you go beyond fear, we're talking about fear. You become you 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 find that fearless state, and then whatever comes into your life, you just go with it. It doesn't. It goes through you to become fearless, which means to give the self up. And that's a, that's a fearlessness that's not out there in your face, but a quiet inner, inner, inner knowing. But it's you know it, it could so easily turn into a ritual, into a mindless thing, um, and that can't be helped. But you can keep you can remind yourself, catch yourself while you're doing it. That there is, there is deep, and I think incredibly profound meaning in bowing the head. The meaning is so profound. I think it passes us by. We don't, we don't appreciate what it's, what it's for. You know. But um, it's, it's, it's the most courageous thing you'll ever do. Is to bow correctly. I think we need to get to our cushions for these few minutes before we, before we break up and cure. <clears throat>